We're gabbing. We're gabbing. We're gabbing. We're gabbing. We're gabbing. We're gabbing. Welcome to Gabbing. Gabbing. With Gracie. And Heather. So in honor of it being our final episode to discuss Pride and Prejudice, we made ourselves little Pride and Prejudice themed drinks. What are they called again? The Jane and Bingley Spritzer. Okay. I have a Santa Helena Chardonnay as my wine. And then I added for a flavored soda, I have strawberry lemonade sparkling ice. And then I added a bunch of raspberries. Very nice. And delicious. I did not follow the ingredients because I was too lazy to go to the supermarket. Also, we got this from the Rosenbach Museum when they had their weekly Pride and Prejudice discussion. I have the Sauvignon Blanc Chloe with the cute little bow on it. I thought it was, you know, super cute idea. It's from New Zealand, Marlborough, New Zealand. And for soda, Soda Stream Strawberry, if I am not mistaken. Nice. All right. Yeah. Drum roll. Yeah. Final episodes. The last chapter we discussed was chapter 54 or volume three, chapter 13. Bingley calls again and alone. His friend had left him that morning for London, but was to return home in 10 days time. He sat with them above an hour. I was in remarkably good spirits. Mrs. Bennett invited him to dine with them, but with many expressions of concern, he confessed himself engaged elsewhere. Well, he's given them all the attention, Jane, all the attention that she deserves. She asked if he could come tomorrow and he said yes. Yeah. And then Mrs. B, this is where Mrs. B can be good. She yes. gets everyone out of the room. So Jane and Charles get to have some alone time. She sure does. Is this the scene where she's like winking? Yes, she's winking at Elizabeth yeah. and Kitty. And Kitty's Mama, like, why do you <laughs> wink at me? <laughs> nothing, child, nothing. I did not wink at you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, well, I actually made a little note here about this. I don't know. Well, not about that. I can't even find where it is right now. But I wrote, does B even recognize what is ill-judged efficiency? I'm assuming it's something that Mrs. Bennett did. Ill-judged efficiency? Oh, here it is. Mrs. Bennett's schemes for this day were ineffectual. Bingley was everything that was charming except the professed lover of her daughter. His ease and cheerfulness rendered him a most agreeable addition to their evening party. And he bore with the ill-judged officiousness of the mother and heard all of her silly remarks with the forbearance and command of countenance, particularly grateful to the daughter. I think the point that I was trying to make was, did Bingley, in general, now that I think about it, ever notice how they were, which was improper at the time, you know, speaking very loudly about his potential marriage to Jane and so on and so forth. Well, not even so on and so forth. That was basically it, but not just from Mrs. Bennett, but from feels like everyone in the town. I feel like he probably was oblivious to that. I think so too. Because he would have said something by now, don't you think? Like he would have agreed like, oh, you know, but like he doesn't care. But the fact that he hasn't even brought it up. Yeah, I think we're both agreed. He was oblivious. He's kind of like Jane, but even worse than Jane, where he sees like nothing but good in people. Yes. And so he couldn't even fathom that they would do something. Not that there's anything wrong in what they were doing, but, you know, because of society, they shouldn't have been so vocal about it, you know? He's just accepting them of who they are. Yes, he's accepting. I like that. Yeah, he's very accepting. 
and good-natured and sees the positive in people. Exactly. We'll go with that. Just like Jane. And that's why they get along. And that's Yeah. why, not to jump ahead, but someone says something that is on point. Oh, later on, yeah. Yeah. Well, once Mrs. Bennett gets them all out of the room, Lizzie goes to write a letter. And when she returns, she walks into Charles and Jane standing together. Oh, yeah. And then he whispers in Jane's ear and then leaves the room. <sighs> it just makes me happy, like, every single Yeah. time I see that. Because it took so long. Like, at that point, it was, what, a year and change? Yeah, probably. Because when they first, well, not when they first see each other, but when Lizzie sees Bingley at Landon, it's like it's, it feels as though they said it was above a year, but I may be wrong. Yeah, I'm trying to, I don't think it was a full year. I don't think so either. I think my brain is playing tricks But it was on me like months, always. because he left at Definitely. Christmas time, and it was the summer. The summer. Yes. Okay. So probably like half a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably half a year. Well, Jane says, "'Tis too much, by far too much. I do not deserve it. Oh, why is not everyone as happy? Because of course Jane would want everybody to be, like, sharing her joy. She's too cute. She is. I wish I could feel like that sometimes. Like, oh, I'm happy. Why can't everyone be happy? But I'm just selfish and thinking about myself. So yeah, so basically what we're alluding to is that Charles confesses that he's in love with her and that Yes. they want to get married. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And he goes to Mr. Bennett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he goes to Mr. Bennett. She goes to her mother because she makes a point of saying that she wants to make sure her mother hears it from her. Knowing Jane, she wants to make sure that she sees the, the joy that this brings her mother and stuff. And it's exactly what her mother wants to freaking hear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So finally, they're in bliss. I even wrote down I Jane in bliss because everybody's like super happy. He comes every day. Oh, I made a note of the bottom of page 340. Oh, I think it was because of Mr. Bennett's response. Jane, I congratulate you. You'll be a very happy woman. You are a good girl, he replied, and I have a great pleasure in thinking so happily settled. I have no doubt of your doing very well together. Your tempers are by no means unlike. You are each so complying that nothing will ever be resolved on, so easy that every servant will cheat you, and so generous that you will always exceed your income. Jane says, I hope not imprudence or thoughtfulness in money matters would be unpardonable in me. And then Mrs. Bennett goes, exceed their income, my dear Mr. Bennett. What are you t t talking of? Why, he has four or five thousand a year, and very likely more. I'm surprised that she hasn't asked him exactly how much he has at this point, because the whole time she's saying four or five, because she doesn't know exactly. She's like, this is good enough for me. Yeah. I'll take either. Even though she did throw in likely more. Yeah. And that's the scene I was alluding to. Yeah, for some reason I thought that was farther into it. So did I. But I think like maybe Jane realized like I can't tease everyone Yeah. any longer. Let me get to the point of this. What I do love about Bingley going back into the room. This is before Mr. Bennett says this. Jane writes, he then shut the door and coming up to her, Elizabeth claimed the good wishes and affection of a sister. Elizabeth honestly and heartily expressed her delight in the prospect of their relationship. They shook hands with great cordiality and then till her sister came down, she had to listen to all he had to say of his own happiness and of Jane's perfection. Oh, I just, 
I just like love that. Like, I, love, I mean, I, I could have gone on and on, but it's just like, it's like finally we're all here. Yeah, we've been waiting so long. It's Yes. so heartwarming. A drink to their engagement. Yes. Cheers, Jane and The, Bingley. the Jane Yes. and Binley spritzer Yes. for Jane and Bingley. Delicious. Mm. Mm hmm. I might have poured too much. Oh, geez. Okay. I made a note that Jane says that he explained that he didn't know that she was in town and that she says that the sisters must have hid it from him. Yes, I noticed that. I didn't notice it before, but I mean, he 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 got this information from Darcy, right? So is Darcy saying Yeah. he didn't say anything to Darcy? make himself look slightly good? Or like just to be as cautious as possible. <laughs> Like, he didn't want to set Bingley completely off, maybe, on his sisters and everyone else. Who knows? Let's see. I know, I know, I know. I also made note of this one part where Jane goes, I'm certainly the most fortunate creature that ever existed, cried Jane. Oh, Lizzie, why am I thus singled from my family and blessed above all? If I could but see you as happy, if there were but such another man for you. And Lizzie says, if you were to give me 40 such men, I never could be so happy as you till I have your disposition, your goodness. I never could have your happiness. No, no, let me shift for myself. And perhaps if I have very good luck, I may meet another Mr. Collins in time. Because it, like Jane is just like, she has like the ideal positive attitude. She does. She does. And But yeah. Lizzie recognizes that, which Yeah. I I credit Lizzie for that. A lot of people don't acknowledge other individuals sometimes. Like you recognize who they are, but Yeah. this to me just seems, I don't, I don't know what it is, but Lizzie truly recognizes and truly acknowledges individuals for who they are. Yeah. And credit to Jane Austen, she knows exactly how to word things. I don't know. It's just like great observation. And in observing so greatly, they, Lizzie and Jane Austen, are able to express themselves exactly how they need to. Yeah. I think it's great. She's I wish able I could to, do that. yeah. I know, but yeah, so the family goes from being like scandalized with Lydia to just a few weeks later, the Bennets were speedily pronounced to be the luckiest family in the world. So this is a redemption story for them. Y'all are missing. Gracie's doing a little wiggle. <laughs> but it's so true, and I never thought about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great a redemption story? Like, who yeah. would have thought that a family could be redeemed? But that's all I had Mrs. for that Ben chapter. Mrs. Bennett was privileged to whisper it to Mrs. Philip, and she ventured without any permission to do the same by all of her neighbors in Meryton. Love it. Oh, yeah. Like, she knows. All she's got to do is tell her sister and the telephone line Oh my gosh, are they two of the peeps time. in a pod or what? Well, let's move Here on comes, to the next drama. here comes the interesting part. So next Well, we have chapter 56 or volume 3, chapter 14, one week later. so here we are, and someone of very, very, very high, what do you call it, station, Lady Catherine de Bourgh, pays a visit to Longbone. This high and mighty comes slumming it. Because she has heard that Lizzie is engaged to Darcy and she wants them to not be engaged. Immediately. Because he should be engaged to her child. Ugh, disgusting. <laughs> we won't even get you started on that. Please don't. Please don't. Elizabeth tells her, you're coming to Longbourn to see me and my family, said Elizabeth coolly. will be rather a confirmation of it if indeed such a report is in existence. 
and I, I know I cut out a lot, but I just like her. Like I was like, yeah, that's right. Go, 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 go. Yeah, she so, tells her how it is. She really tells her how it is. Before that, everyone, sorry, Lady Catherine de Berg wants at once to insist upon having such a report universally contradicted. She doesn't want this to be true. This woman is on a rampage. I want to point out how on point Jane Austen is with her dialogue. She is. If I could read the whole thing, I would. Yeah, it's so good. Just like go and read it again and again and again. If you believed it impossible to be true, I wonder you took the trouble of coming so far. What could your ladyship propose by it? Now I'm going to read the whole thing in its entirety. At once to insist upon having such a report universally contradicted. You're coming to Longbourn to see me and my family, said Elizabeth Cooley, will be rather a conf- confirmation of it, if indeed such a report is in existence. If, do you not then pretend to be ignorant of it? Has it not been industriously circulated by yourselves? Do you not know that such a report is spread abroad? I never heard that it is. And can you likewise declare that there is no foundation for it? I do not pretend to possess equal frankness with your ladyship. You may ask questions which I shall not choose to answer. That's right, girlfriend. That's right. I never realized how much of this is like emphasized. Yes. Like eyes emphasize and with the no foundation for it, foundation is. Mm -hmm. I have to do the next Mm -hmm. part just because like I have the one part in my head. This is not to be born. (laughs) (laughs) She plays such a great role there, that lady. Miss Bennett, I insist on being satisfied. Has he, has my nephew made you an offer of marriage? And Jane is just like so witty. Yeah. Like your ladyship has declared it to be impossible. It ought to be so. It must be so. While he retains the use of his reason, but your arts are and allurements may, in a moment of infatuation, have made him forget what he owes to himself and to all his family. You may have drawn him in. Was she not with her multiple times when yeah. Lizzie visited her home? Like seriously? Like oh my gosh! It's just just so, the exchange, the whole back and forth was like great, like. Yeah, it was like spot on. We love it. We love our arguments. Because that's going back to when like Lizzie and Darcy went back and forth. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would make sense. It was just such good di- dialogue. And they were like so witty. And like they weren't like letting each other. No, they inch. weren't. Like, no, they, were, they like, weren't. No. They were not. Throwing hands. Aw. I feel like reading this whole paragraph. But I'm going to. I know. We got so much to talk about though. I know. Because it's just. Oh, of course, back then things were different. Obviously, like this arrangement was made between herself and Lady Anders. What was wait? What was her title? It should be Lady also. She she retained the title. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Lady and and Darcy. Yeah, I don't know what the maiden name was, but yeah, Lady and Darcy. But Catherine and Anne had got scheming together that their kids were going to get married. Disgusting. But (laughs) it's it is you know I mean the children had nothing to say with it. I'm pretty sure that Ms. Deberg. Probably doesn't care. It sounds like she's too sickly to even think about that. She has other They're things very to worry opposite. about. Like she's just so meek and sickly and invisible. And then he's such like a presence. He is. And of course he's going to have a mind of his own, right? As yeah. all individuals do have. Why sh- why should he? Just because his mother, late mother, passed away. Yeah, and like did she ever say this wish when she was alive even? Probably not. Yeah, that's true. 
So like Lady Catherine could be making that shit up. That's a very good, very good question there. Hmm. When did she die? It must have been while well, she gave birth at least. She could have died at childbirth with um Georgiana. Yeah, I don't know that they I don't I think it was implied that they were young. I don't think they said I don't remember. Because the father she was definitely if she definitely died before the father. Case, yeah. Lizzie was not having it. No. Nah, she was like, nah, lady. She did say they are not engaged. She gave in to that. Yeah. But she wasn't willing to. I mean, they were having that back and forth like she could have ended that argument way before and said, We are not engaged, period. Yes. But and she that's... kept going back and forth because she didn't appreciate her ass coming to her yeah. home and telling her what to do. Exactly. She, where's that sentence about the gentleman? I am a gentleman's daughter. Yeah, that's what I was just looking for. Lord have mercy. In marrying your nephew, I should not consider myself as quitting that sphere. He is a gentleman. I am a gentleman's daughter. So far, we are equal. That's right, girlfriend. Yeah, you tell her. And but it's really of significance that she doesn't immediately say it. It is. And Lizzie goes on to say, whatever my connections may be, if your nephew does not object to them, they can be nothing to you. And Lady Catherine goes, tell me once and for all, are you engaged to him? And then she says, Lizzie says, I am not. And then Lady Catherine says, and will you promise me to never enter in such... And Lizzie says, I make no promise of that kind. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, when she asks, are you engaged to him? She takes a moment to deliberate. Like, though Elizabeth would not, for the mere purpose of obliging Lady Catherine, have answered this question, she could not but say after a moment's deliberation, I am not. And of course, because we know how she's feeling already, we know that she's probably saying it because she is disappointed that she isn't engaged with him. She regrets telling him no. Yeah, that's true. Oh my gosh, there's just so much here. Because Lizzie goes on to say, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but she says, supposing him to be attached to me, would my refusing to accept his hand make him wish to bestow it on his cousin? Like, she's like, bitch, even <laughs> even if I promise you this, if he has a thing for me, that's not going to make him suddenly like want to marry your kid. Or anyone else, you know? Like, yeah. But please. then Lizzie throws down one last thing. She says, you can now have nothing further to say to me. You have insulted me in every possible method. I must beg you to return to the house. It's just, it's just so much. It's like boom, boom, boom. Like, oh, and she rose as she spoke. Lady Catherine rose also, and they turned back. Her ladyship was highly incensed. You have no regard then for the honor and credit of my nephew. I'm feeling selfish, girl. Do you not consider that a connection with you must disgrace him in the eyes of? Everybody, Lady Catherine, I have nothing farther to say. You know my sentiments. You are then resolved to have him. I have said no such thing. I am only resolved to act in that manner, which will, in my own opinion, constitute my happiness without reference to you or to any person so wholly unconnected with me. Tell her. I just want to like throw down my book. Like, um, but I don't want to cause a scene in the living room. (laughs) No, you don't want to wake anybody. No. And then she goes, it is well you were refuse then to oblige me you refuse to obey the claims of duty honor and gratitude because she's all about like trying to put her in her place it's all about societal class like give me a break and it's like go screw your societal class it just keeps going i thought that was the end of it but it just keeps going no it keeps going girl it keeps going (laughs) 
say the next line because I was like what oh you are determined to ruin him in the opinion of all his friends and make him the contempt of the world neither duty nor honor nor gratitude replied Elizabeth has any possible claim on me in the present instance no principle of either would be violated by my marriage with Mr. Darcy and with regard to the resentment of his family or the indignation of the world if the former were excited by marrying by marrying me it would not give me one moment's concern and the world in general would have to have too much sense to join in the scorn yeah but yeah so finally lady catherine chills and she says i take no leave of you miss bennett i send no compliments to your mother you deserve no such attention i'm seriously displeased wah 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 exactly I, I know she's her mother impatiently met her at the door of the dressing room to ask why lady catherine would not come in again and rest herself she did not choose it said her daughter she would go she is a very fine looking woman and her calling here was prodigiously civil for she only came i suppose to tell us the collinsons were well she's on her road somewhere i dare say and so passing through meriton thought she might as well call on you i suppose she had nothing particular to say to you lizzie elizabeth was forced to give into a little falsehood here for to acknowledge the substance of the conversation was impossible because like mrs bennett is actually being like civil and nice at the you know <laughs> you know well because this is somebody who's well above her station and she can yeah. probably feel this aura coming off of Lady Catherine de Bourgh that says do not fuck with me that's true very true I think she was like okay I can't you know which and I, we should have asked this question is Mrs. Bennett naive or not like she knows yeah. her place in society she knows how she should be, be she should behave and this is proof of it right here that's true very true I didn't think about it that way neither did I until now it's like I always found this scene odd You like why didn't she ask differently do you know what I'm saying like Lady C? No, Mrs. Bennett. Oh, Mrs. Does Bennett. Mrs. Bennett truly think that a woman of that station will come Is to she... her house to tell Lizzie how the Collinses are? Why did she ask Lizzie to leave to have that private conversation when that could have been discussed yeah. in front of her mother? That's very true. Come on, Mrs. Bennett. Get with it. Yeah. Get with it. This chapter had me so enthralled that I didn't even look at my notes. So I just looked at them and I wrote down. <laughs> throw down to throw down. <laughs> 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 it truly is. Out of all of the Jane Austen no novels, like, this is the best argument. Yeah. It's the best argument because Lizzie's character is not one to be, what's the word? She's going to do what she's going to do. She's going to say what she want to say. And we've already mm -hmm. talked about this. Like, Lizzie doesn't know how to keep her mouth shut. Yeah. And this is, a, like, a big example of how, and you know what? We now, in the 21st century, we'll talk to whomever, however we want to talk to them. We'll be respectful to someone if someone is respectful to us. She is exhibiting 21st century mentality here. Yeah, because can you imagine anyone else? I mean, maybe no Lydia. There. But Lydia would be like totally different. Like, she can you imagine Mariah? No. Or Kitty? No. No, they would drop dead. Yeah, they would be on the ground. They would drop dead. They wouldn't even dare. They wouldn't even dare. The okay. chapter 57 or volume three, chapter 15. So I wrote down that Lizzie was really thrown by the experience. She really was. I'm freaking like blame Which, her. Yeah, he can blame her. Oh, and then I wrote down Lady says Darcy's friends with Charles and Lizzie is Shane's sisters. The rumors must have started that way. I think that's what Lizzie was thinking. Yes. How she they started. Said, she said Elizabeth was at a loss to imagine until she recollected that his being the intimate friend of Bingley and her being the sister of Jane was enough at a time when the expectation of one wedding made everybody eager for another to supply the idea. She had not herself forgotten to feel that the marriage of her sister must bring 
them more frequently together, and her neighbors at Lucas Lodge, therefore, were through their communication with the Collinses, the report she concluded had reached Lady Catherine, had only set that down as almost certain and immediate which she had looked forward to as possible at some future time. Oh, I have made a note that Lizzie assumes that Lady Catherine will go to see Darcy next. What? It would make I it, it, I mean, my... it would make sense because of the fact that she felt she might, Lady C, have felt that she did not get what she needed out of Elizabeth. And so it was time for her to approach Darcy about it. I don't think we find out if she actually did, did we? No, she did because that's how yeah, he found out. Say. I'm trying to understand my handwriting because I wrote, she assumes Lady C will go to Darcy next and he will see Lizzie a week as week. Oh, the following week because he was supposed no, to be gone no, for no, 10 not days. that kind of week. That she thinks that when Lady Catherine goes to see him and explains what happened, that he'll see Lizzie was being ridiculous and weak in her arguments. Like she's starting mm-hmm. to overthink, like she does. As always, which seems out of character. It is out of character for her, but he's made her a hot mess. Lizzie is not the type of person to dwell too much on anything, but here we are. Anything Darcy-related post-proposal, she's like a freaking mess. Fast forward to the next day. Mr. Bennett calls her into the library. He has received a letter from Mr. Collins. Yeah. Oh, poor Lizzie. I feel feel for Lizzie here. Yeah, that's true. Says, your daughter Elizabeth, it is presumed, will not long bear the name Bennett after her elder sister has resigned it. And the chosen partner of her fate may be reasonably looked up as one of the most illustrious personages of the land. Can you possibly guess, Lizzie, who is meant by this? The young gentleman is blessed in a peculiar way with everything the heart of the mortal can most desire, splendid property, noble kindred, and extensive patronage. Yet, in spite of all these temptations, let me warn my cousin Elizabeth and yourself of what evils you may incur by a precipitant closure with this gentleman's proposal, which, of course, you have been inclined to take immediate advantage of. And he goes, have you any idea, Lizzie, who this gentleman is? But now it is to come out. My motive for cautioning you is as follows. We have reason to imagine that his aunt, Lady Catherine de Bourgh, does not look on the match with a friendly eye. Mr. Darcy, you see, is the man. Now, Lizzie, I think I have surprised you. Could he or the Lucases have pitched on any other man within the circle of our acquaintances whose name would have given the lie more effectually to than they related? Mr. Darcy, who never looks at any woman but to see a blemish and who probably never looked at you in his entire life. It is admirable. Did I mention never did never had his wit been directed in a manner so little agreeable to her? So that's like the one time where they actually are not in sync. Yeah, that's true. Because he doesn't have all the information. No, he doesn't have all the information. But you you know, it's because of his personality he doesn't have all the information, I would think. Yeah. Right? Like but then he's like the dad and they're like the girls. Like do girls and dads I'm I, I wouldn't know this. I do not have a father, you know, RIP. Um, I wasn't raised with him, but I don't know if I would have a conversation like that with my dad. Probably not. I don't know. But you would probably tell your mother and then your mother would tell your father type of thing. Right. And Mrs. Bennett is not the type of individual that Lizzie or Jane or any of them really. Because look at what happened with. No, because look at what happened. But she wasn't around. I guess that's true. She could. She didn't write her. If, that's true. If, if she were closer to home, do you think she would have actually spoken to Mrs. Bennett about her feelings 
about Wickham because it seems to have been long in the process and Kitty knew about it. Not in the sense of like giving away that they were going to elope. Because she knew that it was sketch. So she's not naive. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good argument for that. <laughs> Someday we'll figure this out. One day when we have our conversation with Jane Austen, it could probably, she should probably say it could be either. It's not the answer yeah. we were looking for. So Mr. Bennett continues to read about Lydia's sad business. Yeah. So Mr. Collins, hold on, let me find that part. Contradicts um, himself. Mr. Collins says about Lydia and Wickham, like Mr. Bennett can't win. Like, he didn't want to welcome them into his home and Jane and Lizzie ended up convincing him that it would be good to recognize the marriage and stuff. And now he's getting shit from Mr. Collins who says, you ought certainly to forgive them as a Christian, but never to admit them in your sight or allow their names to be mentioned in your hearing. That is the, his notion of Christian forgiveness. But what does he really care about Mr. Collins? He knows he's a he's a hack. He doesn't, but it's just like, I like the... Jane is like being like, yeah, this is like false Christianity, like Christian forgiveness. Because she even says that, she emphasizes that is his notion of Christian forgiveness. It is, it is hypocritical. Yeah. He's a big old hypocrite. It's, he, he forgave, but never admit them in your sight. It's like, like keep them at a distance essentially and don't let them continue to corrupt you from close by, but only from afar because yeah. the deed was done. They, they're forgiven, but no one's going to forget about it. Well, to our knowledge, no one will forget about it. That he will, they will keep talking about it over to you. Exactly. Oh, do you, like, I wonder now if, Wickham and Lydia were to elevate their stations in life and, let's say, mature, would people really forget? I'm sure there's going to be that one busybody. Oh, do you know how they got together? Oh, I knew that when they were young and yada, yada, yada. There's Mm. always that one person. I just want to say I've gotten to the raspberry portion of the drink and it's very nice. Oh, really? I do not have raspberry, but... I wanted to get raspberry. Well, now you know. Now I know what I'm missing out on. And I just, I got the raspberries like over a week ago because I didn't know when we were going to be able to meet. And I put them in ice cubes and froze them. Oh, that was smart. Like ice cube trays. That was smart. Yeah. So then I could just grab a couple at a time. I just forgot about it completely. And it was my idea. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good idea. I know. I really love you know, I wanted, wanted to honor Rosenbach, all the hard work yeah. that they did for that session. We'd love oh. us some Rosenbach. Yes. And Mr. Collins also mentions that his, the rest of his letter is only about his dear Charlotte situation and his expectation of a, lo- of a young olive branch. And there's an asterisk here. Bring it on. Bring it on. And there are other asterisks there, which I completely forgot about. The argument is that the gossip must have reached Lady Catherine via Charlotte Lucas. And there's a book called Who Betrays Elizabeth Bennet, which I feel like looking up. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that might be good to read. This asterisk is about... Mrs. Collins is expecting a baby. If it is a boy, he will be the heir to the Bennett estate, which we already knew that. I mean, I, f- I figured it out. I remember when we were reading this book at our former place of employment that mm-hmm. I, someone was telling me, no, Olive Branch means that he's extending like peace. And I'm like, no, it's the situation. Like even like 
that seems as though she's pregnant. But maybe, maybe I can I understand the things. confusion because olive branch in general means like it, but it does. But like in the context of the situation, yes, yes, yes. But it's yes. not really an olive branch for them because that's not going to like help them retain their seat. No, but he thinks he that that it might be. I don't know how. Like, what does he care really? Does he think his kid is going to marry one of their kids? Oh Lord, have mercy! That's not going to. Oh, probably. probably. Wow. Like Jane and Bingley's kid is going to marry. Or his even, kid. well, he, that, that I'm sure that's his preference. Jane's kid or Lizzie's kid. And it'll be within both families. Ugh. It'll be funny if it was Lydia's kid, though. He'd be so mad. But you see, this is the thing. Like, he would probably, he wouldn't go visit Lydia. It would be scandalous. Like, he can't yeah. acknowledge her. Well, that's why, like, if his kid married her kid. It'd be like outrage. Well, let's see if they uh, fall in love disgustingly because they're still cousins. <laughs> I don't know how far removed or if they're even removed. No idea. Again, you know, he's like, for what do we live but to make sport of our neighbors and laugh at them in our turn? Oh, cried Elizabeth. I am excessively diverted, but it is so strange. Yes, that is what makes it amusing. Had they fixed on any other man, it would have been nothing but his perfect indifference and your pointed dislike make it so delightfully absurd. Much as I abominate writing, I would not give up Mr. Collins's correspondence for any consideration. Nor so when funny. I read nor when I read a letter of his, I cannot help giving him the preference even over Wickham, much as I value the impudence and hypocrisy of my son in law. And pray, Lizzie, what said Lady Catherine about this report? Does she call to refuse her consent? Oh my gosh, I just realized like like she, obviously she hasn't told everybody, but he like caught on to something if he only really knew yeah. the truth. Let me ask Practical. you something. Let me ask you something. Yes. Why would Charlotte bring up something like this to Lady Catherine de Bourgh or in front of Catherine de Bourgh? Do you think that her and Mr. Collins have grown so close that she might have said something and he went running to Lady Catherine de Bourgh and... That's what I assumed. Maybe not even so close, but she said something to him or like some one of the Lucases said something to him and not thinking that it I would blow something up. When did he when would he have seen the Lucases? I feel like they did I'm their sure visit he and then that's it. Writes to them though. Oh Lord, I forgot that that's what it was like back then. <laughs> They're always writing letters. But why would the Lucases assume that? Because of the local gossip. Because he is, they, you know, they know. Who else is gossiping about that? Like, oh, you know, everybody's gossiping. You know, you the servants are always saying like, oh, Charles Bingley and Fitzwilliam Darcy are but, like showing up here all the time. But, yes, because of Bingley and Jane. But to Mr. Bennett's point, Elizabeth has decidedly, what was it that he said? The pointed dislike and his perfect indifference because they have both shown that they have both she has, has probably said it because she doesn't know how to keep her mouth shut so it has to have come from charlotte how it got to lady catherine de Bourgh, i do not know because i am 100 sure that charlotte knows that darcy and Ms. de Bourgh are engaged 
to be married. She has to know because Mr. Collins ain't going to keep his mouth shut about anything. It's Mr. Collins. Yeah, that's true. Fair point. So I think it is Miss. She says something to Mr. Collins. What, how, why? I don't know. And Lizzie found out just in passing because of Mrs. DeBurke. I mean, Lady Catherine DeBurke. I'm trying to think of how she finds out because remember, she like when she meets Lady Catherine. Oh, from Wickham. So it gets talked about. So she might have even, Lizzie might have even told Charlotte. Lizzie might have told Charlotte what? That Darcy and Miss DeBurke were meant to marry because Wickham mentions it and Lizzie Mm -hmm. when she meets her is like oh she'll make him a really fine wife like being Mm -hmm. all sarcastic and Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. you're right you're right you're right yeah you're right because there's no way Charlotte doesn't know she has to know she knows everything yeah because if anything like Lizzie would have told her exactly because at that point they were close like they weren't close for a few months and I, I would like to think that after she visited the correspondence was it was much better. similar to if they were in person yeah yeah I think there's even a reference to that like it's yes. it's gone back to how it was yes Woo, child we could go on and on trying to figure that one out yeah with so I'm many 17. things here yes <laughs> Okay. All right. So now we're on chapter 58 or chapter 17. I mean, chapter 16. So it's a few days later and Bingley and Darcy read show it, up. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read <laughs> it. Okay. Darcy. So let me set it up. So it's the Bingley and Darcy show up and they decide to take a walk. Read it. But read it's going it. to be Lizzie and Darcy, Charles and Jane, and then Kitty. Poor Kitty's the fifth wheel. She doesn't care. And so anyway, Bingley and Jane kind of fall behind. So it's Darcy, Lizzie, and Kitty. And Kitty decides she wants to go visit Mariah. She's like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> well, she needs a new friend who is sensible, unlike her stupid sister, Lydia. Yeah. Um. So Darcy and Lizzie are walking and she says, Mr. Darcy, I'm a very selfish creature and for the sake of giving relief to my own feelings, care not how much I may be wounding yours. I can no longer help thanking you for your unexampled kindness to my poor sister. Ever since I have known it, I have been most anxious to acknowledge to you how grateful I feel it. Were it known to the rest of my family, I should not have merely my own gratitude to express. And then, I am sorry, exceedingly sorry, replied Darcy in the tone of surprise and emotion that you have ever been informed of what may in a mistaken light have given you uneasiness i did not think mrs gardner was so little to be trusted you must not blame my aunt lydia's thoughtlessness first betrayed to me that you had been concerned in the matter and of course i could not rest till i knew the particulars let me thank you again and again in the name of all my family for that generous compassion which induced you to take so much trouble and bear so many mortifications for the sake of discovering them if you will thank me he replied let it be for yourself alone that the wish of giving happiness to you might add force to the other inducements which led me on i shall not attempt to deny but your family owe me nothing much as i respect them do you much as i respect them i believe i thought only of you elizabeth was too much embarrassed to say a word After a short pause, her companion added, You are too generous to trifle with me. If your feelings are still what they were last April, (laughs) 
I knew I should have looked up. <laughs> Gracie's hugging the book. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> you were too generous to trifle with me. If your feelings are still what they were last April, tell me so at once. My affections and wishes are unchanged, but one word from you will silence me on the subject forever. <laughs> Finally! Elizabeth, feeling all the more than common awkwardness and anxiety of his situation, now forced herself to speak and immediately, though not very fluently, gave him to understand that her sentiments had undergone so material a change since the period to which he alluded as to make her receive with gratitude and pleasure his present assurances. The happiness which this reply produced was such as he probably never felt before, and he expressed himself on the occasion as sensibly and as warmly as a man violently in love can be supposed to do. Had Elizabeth been able to encounter his eyes, she might have seen how well the expression of a heartfelt delight diffused over his face became him. But though she could not look, she could listen, and he told her of feelings which, improving of what importance she was to him, made his affection every moment more valuable. I love it. I and love so it. They walked on without knowing in what direction. There was too much to be thought and felt and said for attention to any other objects. She soon learned that they were indebted for their present good understanding to the efforts of his aunt, who did call on him in her return to London, and there relate her journey to Longbourn, its motive, and the substance of her conversation with Elizabeth. Dwelling particularly denoted her perversiveness and assurance in the belief that such a relation must assist her endeavors to obtain the promise from her nephew which she had refused to give but unluckily for her ladyship its effect had been exactly contrary wise it taught me to hope he said as i had scarcely ever allowed myself to hope before i knew enough of your disposition to be certain that had you been absolutely irrevocably decided against me you would have acknowledged it to lady catherine frankly and openly elizabeth colored and laughed as she replied yes you know enough of my frankness to believe me capable of that after abusing you so abominably to your face i i could have no scruple in abusing you to all your relations what did you say of me that i did not deserve for though your accusations were ill-founded formed on mistaken premises my behavior to you at the time had merited the severest reproof it was unpardonable i cannot think of it without abhorrence we will not quarrel for the for the greater share of blame annexed to that evening said elizabeth the conduct of neither if strictly examined will be irreproachable but since then we both i hope improved in civility I cannot be so easily reconciled to myself. The recollection of what I then said, of my conduct, my manners, my expressions during the whole of it, is now, and has been many months, inexpressibly painful to me. Your reproof, so well applied, I shall never forget. Had you behaved in a more gentlemanlike manner? Those were your words. You know not, you know not, you can scarcely conceive how they have tortured me, though it was, it was some time, I confess, before I was reasonable enough to allow their justice. I was certainly very far from expecting them to make so strong an impression i had not the smallest idea of their being ever felt in such a way i can easily believe it you thought me then devoid of every proper feeling i am sure you did the turn of your countenance i shall never forget as you said that i could not have addressed you in any possible way that would induce you to accept me oh do not repeat what i then said these recollections will not do at all i assure you that i have long been most heartily ashamed of it darcy mentioned his letter did it said he did it soon make you think better of me did you on reading it give any credit to its contents she explained what its effect 
effect on her had been and how gradually all her former prejudices had been removed. I knew, he said, that what I wrote must give you pain, but it was necessary. I hope you have destroyed the letter. There was one part, especially the opening of it, which I should dread your having the power of reading again. I, I can remember some expressions which might justly make you hate me. The letter shall certainly be burnt, if you can believe it essential to the pr preservation of my regard. But though we have both reason to think my opinions not entirely unalterable, they are not, I hope, quite so easily changed as that implies. And we could go on and on and on and on and on. Like, because they, yeah, they go on and on and on and on and on. But it's just... Because they end up wandering for hours, I think. They they lay everything out in the open. Yeah. They lay everything out it. in the open. Yes, yes, yes. And I just, I, I guess because of the time, like, you know, it's the 19th century, the fact that Elizabeth, you know, couldn't, Elizabeth, like, couldn't look at his eyes. Yeah. As frank as she is and how, like, she'll abuse him, <sighs> she can't look at it, look at him in the eye. It's like, do you think that it's because, well, I, I said it's because, like, they're being, they're trying to be as proper as possible, but do you think it's because she's just, like, can't look at him? Like, oh my god, like, I can't believe this is being I think talked about. Yeah, I think she's just so emotional that, like, it's finally happening because she had convinced herself that it, was it wasn't going to happen, yeah. like, that she had lost her chance. And she made us believe it, too. I mean, she was so overthinking everything, and she had a point to everything. Like, anytime she thought about it and we listened to her thoughts for lack of a better you know raising it made sense like yeah why yeah. would he you know why would he put himself in this position to be potentially brother-in-law to someone who was gonna take the virtue away of his sister she yeah, probably like person... did already you know like he was trying to yeah. manipulate Georgiana so that he could get more money it's like the person he despises most in the world yes his enemy yeah Ooh, child yeah. after walking but... several miles in a leisurely manner and too busy to know anything about it they found at last on examining their watches that it was time to be at home but they do i do want to point out that Pointed. he does explain that the night he went to london he did confess everything to bingley like what was what he had done yada 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 which is why bingley then i guess rushed to pemberley. yeah rushes to jane i mean not pemberley longboard yes <laughs> <laughs> fast-forwarding them, pushing them into the house. So, like, that's pretty much that chapter. And we start up chapter 59, which is chapter 17, with Jane being like, Lizzie, where you been? <laughs> where have you been walking to? Because <laughs> they just, like, lost track of time. They totally did. I like this where they say, um, well, not they, Jane. The evening passed quietly, unmarked by anything extraordinary. The acknowledged lovers talked and laughed. The unacknowledged were silent. Darcy was not of a disposition in which happiness overflows in mirth, and Elizabeth, agitated and confused, rather knew that she was happy than felt herself to be so. For besides the immediate embarrassment, there were other evils before her. Yeah, like she didn't really... They got swooped into like... A a family event like she couldn't like decompress and think about what they're they all said on the walk she couldn't talk to jane nobody knows what's going on so they can't like openly acknowledge how they're feeling but she thought enough to be worried about what her family was going to think yeah because she knows and you know i find that interesting because she is the type of person who really shouldn't care right but yeah she does yeah and it's like he's far more richer than Bingley. So, you know, in that aspect, they'll be happy. Like, okay, they'll, 
they're they're all set doubly fold because Jane also is set. So it's going to look great upon the family that both the girls are marrying well. Yeah. But she's she's actually yeah, in, in, in this case, it seems as though she's kind of like Jane, where Jane is like, oh, you know, one, hoping everyone would feel happiness. And Lizzie is kind of dreading what everyone's going to feel about the situation. Because they're going to be so shocked, with the exception of Charlotte Jane. and Mrs. Gar- Gardner. Well, even Jane. Yeah, Jane. Yeah, she did. She doesn't. Shocked. She doesn't even mention like Charlotte or Mrs. Gardner. She was aware that no one liked him but Jane, and even feared that with the others, it was a dislike, which not yeah. all his fortune and consequence might do away. But like, no, I mean, with Mrs. Gardner and Charlotte, like they were the only ones that like kind of had an inkling of what was going on. Everybody yes. else thought yes. she downright disliked him. That's right. But Jane at least knew what happened last April. But yeah, like, so when they do wrap up at the evening and Lizzie's able to go to Jane and tell her what happened, like, Jane doesn't even believe her. Yes. And she said, this is a wretched beginning indeed. My sole dependence was on you. And I am sure nobody else will believe me if you do not. Yet indeed, I am in earnest. I speak nothing but the truth. He still loves me and we are engaged. And Jane even mentions that, like, her and Charles had talked and hoped about them getting together, but they thought it was impossible. Really? Really? I feel like that is true, but I do not recall it whatsoever. Yeah, um, let me see. It's probably somewhere little. Oh, here it is. But we considered it. We talked of it as impossible. Yeah. yeah so even, even Jane didn't think it was possible. <laughs> Bingley, Bingley, Bingley. So that leads me to believe that Bingley had no clue whatsoever. Yeah, he didn't tell him that part because they both keep it close. Like Bingley or Darcy and Lizzie both keep it close. They totally have that in common. Because like Jane, Jane knew about what happened in April and stuff, but she didn't have any clue that Lizzie's feelings had changed. And also like Darcy would just be a hypocrite. If he said anything. Yeah, exactly. Which is why he had to, like, get Jane and Bingley back together. He had to That's make up right. for his bad behavior. He sure does. But, like, not to skip ahead, but the next day I was, like, cracking up because the guys come back. So Bingley and Darcy come back. And Mrs. Bennett is not happy that Darcy's there. So she's like. Uh, if that disagreeable Mr. Darcy is not yeah. coming here again with that. So she's like, oh, Lizzie, I hate to do this, but can you go take him for a walk again? And Elizabeth's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Lizzie, that I have to put you through this. But Jane and Charles think they're alone. Time. She doesn't have a clue. She had no clue whatsoever. And Elizabeth could hardly help laughing at so convenient a proposal. Yeah, she was really yeah. vexed that her mother should be always giving him such an epithet. Well, girl, it's Mrs. He, Bennett. He, but he did it to himself, too. So yeah, there you yeah, go. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, I love this. As soon as they entered, Bingley looked at her so expressively and shook hands with such warmth as left no doubt of his good information. Oh, I love it. I just love I just love that. I don't know why, but I just love that. I love the interaction between Lizzie and Bingley. Yeah, because they're the two that love Jane the most. And there's just something about that. They go for the walk and they come back and Mr. Darcy goes to the library to see Mr. Bennett. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to say Mr. Bennett was shocked. He could have fallen over. Yeah. <laughs> have uh, you any 
So he ends up talking to Mr. Bennett. He comes out and he like whispers in Elizabeth's ear that your father wants to see you in the library. So Lizzie goes in the library and yeah, it says her father was walking about the room looking grave and anxious. Lizzie, he said, what are you doing? Are you out of your senses to be accepting this man? Have you not hated him? Always hated him? <laughs> How earnestly did she then wish that her former opinions had been more reasonable or less vocal, at least, I'm going to add in. Because that's the yes. thing. When she just yes. liked him, she was super vocal about it. But then when she started oh, to have feelings awesome. for him, she was like a vault. She was like Fort Knox. <laughs> <laughs> It would have spared her from the explanations and professions, professions, which it was exceedingly awkward to give, but they were now necessary, and she assured him with some confusion of her attachment to Mr. Darcy. Or, in other words, you are determined to have him. He is rich, to be sure, and you will have more fine clothes and fine carriages than Jane, but will they make you happy? Have you any objections, said Elizabeth, than your belief in my indifference? No, none at all. We all know him to be a proud, unpleasant sort of man, but this would be nothing if you really liked him. I do. I do like him, she replied with tears in her eyes. I love him. Indeed, he has no improper pride. He is perfectly amiable. You do not know what he really is. Then pray do not pain me by speaking of him in such terms. Lizzie said her father, I have given him my consent. He is the kind of man, indeed, to whom I should never dare refuse anything which be condescended to ask. I now give it to you, if you are resolved on having him, but let me advise you to think better of it. I know your disposition, Lizzie. I know that you could be neither happy nor respectable unless you truly esteemed your husband, unless you looked up to him as a superior. Your lively talents would place you in the greatest danger in an unequal marriage. You could scarcely escape discredit and misery. My child, let me not have you have the grief of seeing you unable to respect your partner in life. You know not what you are about. Um, Elizabeth, Jeez. still more affected, was earnest and solemn in her reply, and at length, by repeated assurances that Mr. Darcy was really the object of her choice, by explaining the gradual change in her esteem and her and of him had undergone, relating her absolute certainty that his affection was not the work of a day, but had stood the test of many months' suspense, and enumerating with energy all the, his good qualities, she did conquer her father's incredulity and reconciled him to the match. Well, my dear, he said, said he, when he, she ceased speaking, I have no more to say. If this be the case, he deserves you. I could not have parted with you, my Lizzie, to anyone less worthy. To complete this favorable impression, she then told him what Mr. Darcy had voluntarily done for Lydia. He heard her with astonishment. <laughs> this that part definitely gets funny. Sealed, sealed the deal yeah, there. That, 100%. This is an evening of wonders indeed. And so Darcy did everything, made up the match, gave the money, paid the fellow's debts, and got him his commission. So much the better. It will save me a world of trouble and economy. Had it been your uncle's doing, I must and would have paid him. But these violent young lovers carry everything their own way. I shall offer to pay him tomorrow. He will rant and storm about his love for you, and there will be an end of the matter he then he then <laughs> recollected her embarrassment of a few days before on his reading mr collins's letter and after laughing at her sometime allowed her to go saying as she quitted the room if any young men come for mary kitty send them in for i am quite as leisure <laughs> right back much. to being mr witty 
Yeah. He is a mess.com, I have to say. I hadn't yeah. really, I not that I hadn't noticed it before, but, it, you know, he was funny, whatever, but not in the right way all the time. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Bennett. Oh. And, yeah. So then later on that night, she ends up going to her mother's dressing room. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Bennett sat quite still and unable to utter a syllable, nor was it under many, many minutes that she could comprehend what she heard, because Lizzie had to go tell her in person, right? Though not in general backward to credit, what was for the advantage of her family or that came in the shape of a lover to any of them. She began at length to recover, to fidget about in her chair, get up, sit down again, wonder, and bless herself. Good gracious, Lord bless me, only think, dear me, Mr. Darcy, who would have thought it? And is it really true? Oh, my sweetest Lizzie, how rich and how great you will be. What pin money, what jewels, what carriages you will have. Jane's James is nothing to it, nothing at all. I am pleased, so happy, such a charming man, so handsome, so tall. Oh, my dear Lizzie, pray apologize for my having disliked him for so much before. I hope he will overlook it. Dear, dear Lizzie, a house in town, everything that is charming. Three daughters married, 10,000 a year. Oh, Lord, what will become of me? I shall go distracted. The woman is a hot fucking mess. Yeah. She, she like went from no words to all the words. She like imploded, not imploded, she exploded. Everything. Yeah. Everything. And all of a sudden, he's so handsome, so tall, so wonderful. Such a charming man. Oh, my gosh. And my sweetest Lizzie. That gets me yeah. every time. She yeah. is not have your you ever, favorite. Have you ever called her your sweetest Lizzie ever in your life? Probably not. <laughs> Maybe when she was a baby and she couldn't talk back. Yeah. And that's about it. Ooh, and then Lord. my dearest child, too. I can think of nothing else. 10,000 a year and very likely more. Tis, a, tis as good as a lord and a special license. You must and shall be married by a special license. But my dearest love, tell me what dish Mr. Darcy is particularly fond of that I may have it tomorrow. And there was an asterisk next to special license. Oh, yeah. Let's check Probably that explaining out. explaining what it is. Yes. I think yes. we talked about that before where you would have to like state mm-hmm. your intention for like three weeks at church. Well, here it says, in other words, privately, in accordance with aristocratic customs of the time. But it's probably that, right? Or maybe because you don't have to announce in public, so privately. I'm assuming. I don't know either, because it doesn't doesn't. So I think with the special license, it has to be like the cardinal or somebody or bishop. I think it's the bishop. I think you had to get permission from the bishop for the special license. I have no idea. Whoever's closest. Yeah. I think she, what is it? She talks to Jane some more about it. She's just happy. I think it's a lot of like, it's them being like, when did you fall in love with me? When did you fall yes. in love with me? Yes. And then they're yes. like, oh yeah, we're going to have to talk to your aunt. <laughs> so, and like, so like he goes and writes a letter to her. Lady Catherine Bird. Lady and Catherine. she writes a letter too. To Mrs. Gardner, thanking her. And Mr. Bennett writes to Mr. Collins. <laughs> Well, the one line that I like from her letter to her aunt, it says, da, 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 I thank you again and again for not going to the lakes. How could I be so silly? Yeah, this chapter is basically them talking about how they fell in love and like writing the letters and stuff. And then the Collinses, like they peace out and they like come to Lucas Lodge because Lady Catherine is a livid. She is ready to pick some. Yeah, she is not happy. Time. So they're like, Mom, Dad, we're coming to visit. <laughs> Collins is lucky that he got somebody or somewhere to stay. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. What I like, 
the one thing I made note of that I was like, what exactly is up with Mrs. Phillips? Because it says Mrs. Mrs. Phillips' vulgarity was another and perhaps a greater tax on his forbearance. And though Mrs. Phillips, as well as her sister, stood in too much awe of him, because they're talking about Darcy, mm-hmm. to speak with the familiarity which Bingley's good humor encouraged, yet whenever she did speak, she must be vulgar. Like, is she worse than Mrs. Bennet? It seems like it. I never noticed that line before when I read this, and I was like, it mentions her being vulgar multiple times in this one paragraph. And, and what is she up probably to? Probably not the same way that we know vulgar. Yeah. Well, it's probably like she just speaks indecently, like um, doesn't speak properly. Kind of like with M- Mrs. Bennett, where like at the Too one formal. party, she would talk. She was like talking about Mr. Darcy or whatever. And Lizzie was trying to get her to shut up. And then she's like, who's Mr. Darcy? Like, I'll yeah, say whatever exactly. I want. Like, that's probably what they mean. But I guess I didn't realize she was like. I think, I think I think you're right because it says stood in too much awe of him to speak with the famili- familiarity which Bingley's good humor encouraged. Mm-hmm. Yet whenever she did speak, she must be vulgar. So I think it's how comfortable maybe she felt. To say things that weren't appropriate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but it, this was a sweet chapter because it was like a lot of like, oh, I love you. When did you know? And I that's Elizabeth this- trying to bring it out of him. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Because what does he say? He says something about, like, I was already there before I even realized it was starting or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was in the middle before I knew it had begun. Yes. I like that line. Yeah, that's a good line. It is. It is. Do you have anything else to say about Chapter 66? No, just like the way she wrote to or, Mrs. Gardner. Yeah, it was nice because she was like, oh, shoot, you're writing Lady Catherine. I need to respond to my aunt. I never mm-hmm. did respond to her and thank her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. Darcy sends you all the love in the world that he can spare from me. You are all to come to Pemberley at Christmas, yours, etc. Yeah, I love that part too. We and she says, Your pony your idea of ponies is delightful. We will go around the park every day. I'm the happiest creature in the world. She like didn't say it but said it, yeah. essentially. You supposed more than really existed, but now suppose as much as you choose, give a give a loose to your fancy, indulge your imagination in every possible flight which the subject will afford. And unless you believe me actually married, you cannot greatly err. Just Shut being up. playful, playful. Elizabeth. Um, I think that's it for me on that chapter. Yeah, that was, it was a short chapter. Yeah, it's a short chapter. Yeah. Yeah, so chapter 61 or volume 3, chapter 19. It is the end, y'all. Yeah, so this is kind of, it's almost like an epilogue because it's like, it it's basically like Jane and Charles. Very detailed. After a year, they peace out of Neverfield and they. Because just, even Bingley couldn't take uh, yeah. being so close to his mom and Meriton relations was not as desirable even to his easy temper or her affectionate heart. They need a buffer. Boundaries, big time. Is. Pemberley, like, 50 miles or 30 miles away? Oh, I don't know. know. It's a buffer. Don't ask me. Yeah, so they they go and they live. Oh, no way. In a state, in a, they got an estate in a neighboring county to Derbyshire. And Jane and Elizabeth, in addition to every other source of happiness, were within 30 miles of each other. That's what I was thinking with the 30 miles. There you go. There you go. So yeah, they they move closer to Pemberley. 
I like And this. then, I like this. Kitty, to yeah. her very material advantage, spent the chief of her time with her two older sisters in society so superior to what she had generally known. Her improvement was great. She was not of so ungovernable a temper as Lydia, and removed from the influence of Lydia's example, she became, by proper attention and management, less irritable, less ignorant, and less insipid. From the farther dis disadvantage of Lydia's society, she was, of course, carefully kept, and, though Mrs. Wickham frequently invited her to come and stay with her, with the promise of balls and young men, her father would never consent to her going. Good. He finally learned his lesson. Yeah. And he, he was still joking around and stuff like that, but he wouldn't dare. Yeah. He wouldn't dare. Exactly. Mary stays at home. Poor Mary. Well, she was happy. Mary was obliged to mix more with the world, yeah. but she could still moralize over every morning visit, and she was no longer mortified by comparisons between her sister's beauty and her own. It was suspected by her father that she submitted to the change without much reluctance. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Lydia and Wickham. As for Wickham and Lydia, their characters suffered no revolution from the marriage of her sisters. He bore with philosophy the conviction that Elizabeth must now become acquainted with whatever his ingratitude and falsehood had before been unknown to her, and in spite of everything was not wholly without hope that Darcy might yet be prevailed on to make his fortune. Oh. The congratulatory letter which Elizabeth received from Lydia on her marriage explained to her that By his wife at least, if not by himself, such a hope was cherished. The letter was to this effect. My dear Lizzie, I wish you joy. If you love Mr. Darcy half as well as I do, my dear Wickham, you must be very happy. It is a great comfort to have you so rich. And when you have nothing else to do, I hope you will think of us. I am sure Wickham would like a place at court very much, and I do not think we shall have quite money enough to live upon without some help. any place would do of about three or four hundred a year but however do not speak to mr darcy about it if you had rather not the fucking audacity i can't fucking yeah. stand her she's so bold and lizzie's like no i'm shutting this shit down and she did and she yeah. did yeah. she did although it does say uh that whenever they changed their quarters either jane or herself were sure to be yes. applied to for a little assistance toward discharging their bills they such a hot mouth So they were gradually moving because they, oh, two persons so extravagant in their wants and heedless of the future. Yeah. So they were spending more than they needed to. Yeah, which is not surprising. From But place to place. It's like Darcy, being the magnanimous man that he is, does let Lydia come to Pemberley, but just not Wickham. Just Lydia. Wickham. Yeah. Just Lydia. I wonder how Lydia feels in seeing how her sister's live versus how she's living she sees them as a cash cow but she's probably jealous she's she has jealous to be person. and don't they say somewhere about how each other's affections are not like even her affection with wickham ah okay they were always moving from place to place in quest of a cheap situation and always spending more than they ought his affection for her soon sunk into indifference hers lasted a little longer and in spite of her youth and her manner she retained all the claims to reputation which her marriage had given her she retained all the claims to reputation which her marriage had given her but it's hers lasted a little longer so yeah. that means that it didn't last forever which means she soon was like this mofo yeah because it's kind of like mr bennett and mrs bennett they like no longer respected each other right although probably worse than them i think they were totally 
they are totally worse off than Mr. Bennett and Mrs. Bennett. I can't find it, but wasn't there something about how Mr. Bennett liked to pop in unannounced? Yes. <laughs> like he got pleasure out of it, which is so Yes. Mr. Bennett. Where is that? Which is very unlike him because he doesn't like to go anywhere. He doesn't, but he did. He does for you know. Where is that? It's somewhere in this chapter, I thought. Oh, Mr. Bennett missed his second daughter exceedingly. His affection for her drew him oftener from... his home than anything else could do he delighted in going to pemberley especially when he was least expected Yep. so I wonder how Jane feels about that. oh i'm sure jane is just like that's dad But, like, why does he always go visit Lizzie and not me? <laughs> That's not her m manner, I would think. no But I'm sure, like, she she probably probably just goes knows. there to see him Probably. yeah Probably. Or she knows, you know? yeah Lizzie's who knows a favorite. And then Miss Bingley, she's mortified, but she realizes she's got to suck up Exactly. to stay in their good graces. Exactly. And Georgiana ends up living at Pemberley, and it's so sweet. Where's the line? Pemberley was now Georgiana's home, and the attachment of the sisters was exactly what Darcy had hoped to see. They were able to love each other even as well as they intended. Georgiana had the highest opinion in the world of Elizabeth, though at first she often listened with an astonishment bordering on alarm at her lively supportive manner of talking to her brother. He, who had always inspired in herself a respect which almost overcame her affection, she now saw the object of open pleasantry. Her mind received knowledge which had never been fallen in her way by Elizabeth's instruction. She began to comprehend that a woman may take liberties with her husband, which a brother will not allow her more than 10 years younger than himself. I just imagine him like sitting and like, or standing in a doorway, like just watching them laughing and having a good time and him just being like, so, so happy happy. and proud <laughs> and I can envision Georgiana just like watching Lizzie make fun of Darcy like Darcy is just like still Yeah. and she's just like wah, 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 wah. he's just like oh Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a little dog and a big dog or something And then there then there's Lady C. Lady's Capitan was extremely indignant on the marriage of her nephew, and as she gave way to all the genuine frankness of her character in her reply to the letter which announced its arrangement, she sent him language so very abusive, especially of Elizabeth, that for some time all intercourse was at an end. But at length, by Elizabeth's persuasion, he was prevailed on to overlook the offense and seek a reconciliation, and after a little farther resistance on the part of his aunt, his resentment gave way, either to her affection for him or her curiosity to see how his wife conducted herself and she condescended to wait on them at pemberley in spite of that pollution which its woods had received not merely from the presence of such mistress but the visits of her uncle and aunt from the city She's so freaking rude. Don't be, she like, is messing with the gardeners, calling them pollution. like Like, she should be thanking Lizzie because Darcy was ready to be like, screw you, i'm aunt. not talking to you anymore Yeah, but I love that the gardeners come and hang out with them and they all become Yes. friends and it's Darcy, sweet. as well as Elizabeth, really loved them, and they were both ever sensible of the warmest gratitude towards the persons who, by bringing her into Derbyshire, had been the means of uniting them. That's If exactly you know it. what that, The that, end. That's a good last line. that is. And, you know, I had it, like, as many times as I've read it, it is because of them that they are together. Because Yeah. if she didn't go to Pemberley, where would they be? And by ending with them, I wonder if Jane is, like, trying to be like, you know, you shouldn't, like, poo-poo. I feel like you that's your word, poo-poo. 
Yes. <laughs> they shouldn't poo-poo people that might not be as a high and high of a situation as you are in. Yes. And we know that Darcy recognizes that. Yeah. And he he's he shows it, you know. He's do, yeah. he shows it not just with the gardeners, but like letting like you said Lydia come over to the mm-hmm. house. That situation is not like he can't have Wickham over, period, right? Because Wickham is no. just Wickham. Well, especially but if Georgiana's living there. There, yeah, no. But like, not. even if she wasn't, like, no, he does not get to come to Pemberley, not after no. the way he acted. No, he does not belong it's there. It's unforgivable. He could think about it and remember it from his childhood, and that's about it. Yeah, you creepy ass jerks. Yes. <laughs> you cult leader, you. Oh, wow. I wish I had, like, yeah. pops or something, like, psh- Yay! Yay! We need fireworks. We finished, everybody. We finished. We did 10 episodes of Pride and yeah. Prejudice, and it was worth every single one of them. We could have stretched it out more. Too. <laughs> we behaved ourselves, believe it or not. I'm really glad that we discussed this. We finished. Yeah. Yay. Any final thoughts? I don't have anything else to say. Oh, well, everybody, thank you for hanging in there with us. Yes, we hope you have. Do people have any final thoughts? Let us know on Instagram. Like and follow us. Buy us a coffee. Give us a rating on any of the platforms. We're on all of the platforms. We are on all of them. We're on a lot. And uh, But yeah, come tell us on Instagram what you thought, what we should be reading next, or watching if the strike ever ends. Gosh, <laughs> it's the longest strike ever. Support the actors and all the other people Please do. that are striking right now. Well, thanks for listening to Gabbing. Gabbing. That's, we're Gabbing. Uh, uh, we're Gabbing. We're Gabbing. Uh, uh, we're Gabbing. We're Gavin. Uh, uh, we're Gavin. <laughs>